Hello, and welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's May 21st, 2021. This marks the one-year anniversary of the Three Shifts edition and our 50th edition overall. Thanks to our listeners and the Six Pages community for being with us over the past year, we look forward to bringing you the shifts, and only the shifts, for years to come. I'm Eric Thompson, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, inflation and bubble concerns grow louder as the consumer price index rises. Two, Ethereum seeks energy efficiency by shifting from proof of work to proof of stake. And three, pharma companies invest billions in AI drug discovery. Shift one. Inflation and bubble concerns grow louder as the consumer price index rises. Last week, the U.S. Labor Department reported that over the 12 months ending April 2021, the All Items Consumer Price Index, which measures what urban consumers, or 93% of the population, pay for goods and services, increased 4.2% on a non-adjusted basis. It is the largest increase since the 12-month period ending September 2008 which was 4.9%, the month the market crashed. Over the past few months, the specter of inflation has loomed over technology and growth stocks, which are more sensitive to inflation than value stocks. Inflation and higher interest rates can erode the value of future earnings, the source of most of growth stocks' valuation. Inflation jitters were a main driver of the slide in technology stocks in May 2021. Industry watchers are calling 4% the quote-unquote magic number for inflation. Since the introduction of the S&P 500 in 1957, U.S. inflation, reported on a monthly basis for the prior 12 months, has breached the 4% mark, going from under 4% to over 4%, only nine times before the April 2021 report. In eight of those nine instances, the S&P 500 was lower three months later. Nearly all the components of the index saw increases in April 2021. The prices of used cars and trucks were a key driver, rising 21% in the 12-month period and 10% in just April 2021 alone, the largest one-month increase since used cars started being tracked in 1953. The skyrocketing prices were, in part, tied to the global chip shortage that has hamstrung automakers' ability to make new cars. Analysts predict that the world's automakers could make 3.9 million fewer cars this year than planned. Last week, Intel's CEO said the chip shortage could persist for a quote-unquote couple of years. Energy and airline fares were other factors in the 12-month increase, respectively surging 25.1% and 9.6% over the period. Chinese manufacturers have also been raising prices on goods exported to the rest of the world, on the back of strong demand and higher raw materials costs. April 2021 saw a 6.8% increase in quote-unquote factory gate prices. The Fed's target for inflation is normally 2%, though it said last year it would temporarily accept higher inflation, 2 to 2.5%, to make up for the period of sub-2% inflation in 2019 and 2020. March and April 2020 had negative inflation, which is exacerbating the rise in the price index by dropping out of the 12-month calculation. The Fed has kept short-term interest rates near zero since the start of the pandemic and is still purchasing $120 billion of securities every month. Up until recently, the Federal Reserve was projecting quote-unquote serenity and signaling it was not yet concerned about inflation. 
it has indicated it wants to reach full employment before raising interest rates. As recently as April 2021, the Fed was saying it did not expect to increase rates until 2023. With the recent inflation report surprise, the Fed is under pressure to raise rates but is awaiting, quote, several more months of data, end quote, before taking action. This reactive stance, rather than guarding against inflation, the softer target of quote-unquote average inflation, and emphasis on employment have, collectively, been a meaningful shift for the Fed. The main question upon which all this pivots is whether the rise in inflation is quote-unquote transitory, for instance, related to temporary supply issues and labor shortages as demand rebounds. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell confirmed once again in late April 2021 that he believes it is transitory. However, the question is hotly contested by economists and observers. Billionaire Bill Ackman, for instance, last week said on inflation, quote, I think it's not temporary. It's hard to roll back wages once you roll them up to keep up with prices, end quote. This may also hold true for the prices of products and services. Once prices go up for an extended period, they often don't go back all the way down. The Fed's tone is beginning to shift. After the report, the Fed vice chairman said that if expectations that the increase was transitory were not true, quote, we would not hesitate to act and to use our tools to bring inflation back down to our 2% long-run goal, end quote. Another Fed governor said, quote, if I were to see 4% inflation month in, month out, month in, month out, I would get very concerned, end quote. Minutes from the Federal Open Market Committee's meeting in April 2021 indicate there has been discussion about reducing asset purchases. Interest rates are expected to rise if inflation meets the Fed's 2% target on a sustained basis. They are likely to go to 2.5%, what the Fed considers neutral, if the target is met. If inflation exceeds the target, then interest rates are expected to increase from there by 1.5 times the difference between 2% and the long-term rate of inflation, for example, to 5.5% if inflation is 4%. In December 2020, we asked whether the Fed could be propping up a bubble. The recent spike in prices presents more evidence to suggest that might be the case. Warnings are coming from knowledgeable observers, from Bank of America to Ray Dalio, head of Bridgewater Associates. Dalio is concerned in particular about the possibility that the U.S. dollar could continue to decline, which would have broader ramifications. The future is inherently uncertain. Inflation could subside as supply issues get worked through. Productivity from technology adoption could result in higher wages without higher prices, thereby dampening inflation. Wages may rise, but inflation may make inequality worse if prices rise faster than wages. The Fed is walking a fine line. Its serenity can be stabilizing if the market agrees, or destabilizing if the market thinks the Fed has relinquished its commitment to fighting inflation. But it takes time for Fed policy to work through the system, and the worry is that any action, if and when it happens, may not take enough effect in time. To read more content related to the chip shortage and federal policy, check out our February 12, 2021, Three Shifts edition, The Global Chip Shortage is Putting Billions of Dollars at Risk Across Industries. In our December 18th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, are Robinhood and the Fed propping up bubbles? Shift 2. Ethereum seeks energy efficiency by shifting from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake. This week, the nonprofit Ethereum Foundation, which supports the development of the Ethereum blockchain, announced that within months it will update its consensus mechanism from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake. This change means that the Ethereum blockchain, which trails only Bitcoin as the cryptocurrency with the second largest market cap in the world, 
will be conservatively 2,000 times more energy efficient and consume 99.95% less energy than today. Public or permissionless blockchains are generally designed to be peer-to-peer without essential authority. As a result, they require mechanisms that ensure the blockchain is secure and fair to participants, and that keep individual or malicious actors from taking over the blockchain. Specifically, consensus mechanisms are used to achieve decentralized agreement in order to validate transactions and the mining of new blocks. Proof-of-work is widely used since it was the original standard for Bitcoin the first cryptocurrency. One of Bitcoin's long-standing issues, however, is its use of energy. Proof-of-work is very energy-intensive by design, requiring that a blockchain node, i.e. participant, expend computational power competing to solve an arbitrary math puzzle in order to validate a transaction. By demanding a real cost, proof-of-work keeps users from gaming the system. As proof-of-work blockchains become bigger, both in members and ledger data, they consume more energy. Today, the entire Ethereum network consumes as much energy as the country of Portugal, and a single transaction consumes the equivalent of three days' worth of energy by a U.S. household. The proof-of-stake consensus mechanism, in contrast, only lets participants with a certain stake be eligible to validate transactions and create new blocks. With Ethereum, the requirement to become a validator is a stake, or at-risk deposit that's locked up as collateral, of 32 ETH coins worth about $90,000 at the time of this podcast. After making that initial investment, validators receive compensation for every transaction they verify. They can also lose part or all of their stake for unwanted behavior. Proof-of-stake is dramatically more energy efficient because it not only reduces the number of nodes that are validating transactions, it also eliminates the need for nodes to perform redundant energy-intensive computations. Under Proof-of-Stake, the entire Ethereum network is expected to consume an estimated 2.6 megawatts per year, roughly the equivalent of 2,100 U.S. homes. Instead of consuming the power of a small country every year, Ethereum will consume the power of a small town. The coming Ethereum transition to the more energy-efficient proof-of-stake is generally being welcomed by the crypto community. The energy inefficiency of Bitcoin, which has been well-documented, exceeds Ethereum. At the time of this podcast, Bitcoin consumes the power equivalent of the Netherlands, the country with the 31st highest level of energy consumption in the world. Each Bitcoin transaction consumes the equivalent of 41 days' worth of energy by a U.S. household. Last week, Elon Musk sent Bitcoin, and other cryptocurrencies with it, into a tailspin when he said Tesla would stop accepting Bitcoin as payment due to its energy consumption and reliance on fossil fuels. A lot of Bitcoin mining is powered by Chinese coal plants. Bitcoin evangelists such as Twitter and Square CEO Jack Dorsey and ARK Invest's Kathy Wood have pushed back on the premise that Bitcoin is necessarily bad for the environment, since proof-of-work can use electrical power from any source. Bitcoin can be powered by renewable energy. However, based on Bitcoin's reliance today on Chinese electricity sources, about 70% of Bitcoin calculations take place in China, it will be a long while, perhaps decades, before this is a reality. Transitioning from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake has not been a trivial endeavor. Ethereum has been working on it since early 2019 and has delayed the phased process several times over the past few years. Achieving proof-of-stake, however, will likely make cryptocurrencies like Ethereum more palatable to businesses and consumers focused on environmental impact. For a number of reasons, it seems unlikely that Bitcoin will make the transition anytime soon. But this could position Ethereum and Ethereum-based cryptocurrencies favorably for future adoption. 
After all, in many ways, crypto is a fashion business. To read more content related to cryptocurrencies, check out our May 21st, 2021, Three Shifts edition, Hundreds of traditional U.S. banks will soon let customers hold crypto in their bank accounts. In our March 5th, 2021, Three Shifts edition, what are NFTs and why are they booming? Shift 3. Pharma companies invest billions in AI drug discovery. This week, Bristol-Myers Squibb announced a four-year collaboration to use UK startup Accentia's AI drug discovery platform, quote, to accelerate the discovery of small molecule therapeutic drug candidates in multiple therapeutic areas, end quote, starting with cancer and immunology. The deal provides up to $50 million in upfront funding and, depending on milestones hit, could be worth up to over $1.2 billion for Accentia. Accentia will also get tiered royalties on net sales of any drugs resulting from the collaboration. Drugs will be marketed by Bristol-Myers, which will get an exclusive license. Accentia in January 2020 became the first company to take a drug molecule created entirely by AI to human clinical trials. The obsessive compulsive disorder drug took just 12 months to get there, versus the typical three to six years. Its process involved sifting through tens of millions of possible molecules and selecting just 350 to test, about 20% of the normal number of candidates. While its AI platform is a key element, Accentia emphasizes the AI-human collaboration and drug discovery. In addition to Bristol-Myers, Accentia also has partnerships with Bayer, Sanofi, and Sumitomo Dainipon, as well as biotech startups and the Gates Foundation. It has a pipeline of over 20 drugs, partnered and wholly owned, and three have made it into Phase 1 clinical trials so far. Most recently, an immuno-oncology drug in April 2021 and an Alzheimer's drug in May 2021. April 2021 also saw Accentia secure its $225 million Series D funding, with another $300 million commitment available at its discretion. AI and drug discovery is not a new phenomenon. Pharma companies have been working for years to accelerate a process that can take over 10 years and costs an average of $2.6 billion per marketed drug. AI can lift the likelihood of a drug candidate's success from 15% to 50%, while slashing time to market. The pace has picked up of late, with investments in AI-powered pharma firms up 30% in 2020, reaching over $1.8 billion. There are already over 240 AI biotech startups, and growing. Just this week, Path AI raised $165 million for its drug development platform, which identifies disease biomarkers and predicts how individual patients will react to treatments. Moderna, for instance, has been open about AI's central importance to its business strategy as an RNA-based therapeutics developer. It is using a quote-unquote AI factory, an increasingly popular assembly line approach for scaling AI among health industry players, including Mayo Clinic, to accelerate drug discovery and development. In its drug design studio, AI can design mRNA and DNA sequences, optimize them, and automate quality control and logistics decisions. BioNTech has a similar AI innovation lab in partnership with startup InstaDeep. Partnerships are a key aspect of AI drug discovery. Pharma companies are actively partnering for the AI technology and or digital infrastructure, with startups like Accentia as well as cloud players like IBM. Even the largest deep-pocketed pharma companies are realizing that speed is of the essence and that the race to capitalize on AI drug discovery will leave some behind in the dust. To read more content related to emerging therapies and RNA-based therapies, 
Check out our April 8th, 2021 brief, Will MDMA-assisted therapy be the vanguard for psychedelic-based treatments? In our March 5th, 2021, Three Shifts edition, the future of RNA-based vaccines and therapies beyond COVID-19. That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on the growth of accessibility features on tech platforms and products. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts edition.